0: Jesus is king. And I've got some guests in the house to talk about it. We're talking Kanye. We're talking Halloween. And we're going to give you the permission that you need, dear homeschooling parents, to take your precious children trick or treating. Welcome to a special edition of the Deep End Podcast. Welcome, welcome, welcome. It is Tuesday night at 7 p.m. And where else do you need to be than right here watching us on The Deep End Podcast? I am your host, Tim Hatch, and I'm so glad that you've joined us. Let us know in the chat where you are watching from. And make sure that if you are not watching on YouTube.com slash TheDeepEndTV, now listen to that link, YouTube.com slash TheDeepEndTV. If you're not watching there, go there. You might be on Facebook, that's fine, but we'd rather you go over to youtube.com slash TV, like and subscribe, Sub- click the subscribe button, then click the like button, the little thumbs up, and then smash the little bell, the little notification bell. That will tell you when we are live every single time we go live, because we know how important this podcast is to your life, The Deep End Podcast, bringing you precious jewels of truth every single Tuesday night. So welcome in, audience, glad that you're here. There's no live audience today. But we are glad that you are here watching. Now, we also want to say hello to the Deep End Radio audience at AM 1240 Woonsocket and FM 99.3, which listed on Thursday night at 7 p.m. And so if you're listening Thursday night this week, happy Halloween. And I'm glad you're listening on Halloween. It's nice to have you with us. Join our growing YouTube audience over at YouTube.com slash TV. And so welcome into my guests for this special Halloween special episode of The Deep End Podcast. Hello, special guests. Hello. Oh. What's up? And you will notice that they are all dressed up for Halloween. Yeah, They're watching. Glad to have you here. So here. let's introduce you one at a time. First, on my far right or the audience's far left is Noah Aguiar. Hello, what's up? How's w- it going? Welcome. You are dressed as? I'm dressed as Peter Parker on his day off. On <laughs> his day off. Peter Parker. <laughs> <laughs> so you've got the Spider-Man outfit
1: there? Yes, I do. It is fully on. It's just under my jeans. It's great. It nice. looks good. <laughs> nice.
0: And I don't remember Peter Parker having a mustache.
1: Yes, this is a, an older, much more Matured. worldly,
0: mature okay. Peter yes. Parker. Yeah, Peter, Par- uh, Peter Parker that's been to Europe. Yeah, a few mm. times. Very good. <laughs> nice to have you. you. Uh, and then to his left, my right uh, is Isaiah Hoyt. Hello, Isaiah. I'm a minion, so. you, and yes, you are a minion. Make I'm a minion. Sh- yes. Make sure you talk close to the mic so we can I am hear you. A
2: minion, yes. I'm a um, ministry, <laughs> elementary ministry leader here. First time on deep end. Uh, yeah. to be here. Excited about it.
0: Elementary minister at Waters Church. At Waters Church in yes. North Attleboro. So glad to have you. Thank you. And you are here to um, represent that audience, which is that young. What do you? you, Who who do you teach at Waters Church? You teach the six to eleven year olds. God bless you, sir. (laughs) (laughs) We thank God for people like you. And then to his left, my immediate right, Chris McEwen. If you didn't notice, if you didn't recognize him.
3: No, I am in costume.
0: You're, You're intimidating me. I am the
3: deep and bad guy. I am scared. I'm the deep and bad guy. I'm <laughs> your nemesis.
0: You know what you, you know what you make me want to say right now? And every every parent of a three-year-old girl will will understand. Okay. It. Swiper, no swiping. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Don't get in the van. <laughs> Swiper, no swiping.
0: <laughs> well well, who am I? Can you guys guess who I am? Jesus is king. Your shirt says Kanye West, you so I'm going to go with the
1: Kanye record. West. Physically the record.
0: I am physically yes. the Kanye West record, but there is a hoodie that looks Kind of like this. I'm sorry. This is the closest that I could get. I got these white stripes on the arms. There's not supposed to be white stripes.
3: That's kind of cool hoodie though. I'd wear
0: it. Yeah, I like it. Actually, I ordered a real one. Not a real one. Sorry, the real one's $170. Oh wow. <laughs> I'm too cheap for that. I ordered a knockoff for okay. like $30. <laughs> <A> real knockoff.
3: <laughs> real knockoff. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. A real knockoff. Yeah. And uh, you order the real one, the hoodie that he's selling, $170. I guess it gives you uh, two tickets. Now listen, this is funny. Okay. He is a master marketer, I tell you. Two tickets to a pre-sale for a future Kanye West concert. So you don't so, even get the tickets. Not, <laughs> not even <laughs> concert tickets. You get pre-sale tickets to buy his tickets. Nice. Wow. Yeah. I wish smart. we Man. could do that for the church. <laughs> yeah. for, the, for the Deep End podcast. You know? Pay for <laughs> or, an opportunity to order, purchase. Order one of our Deep End <laughs> podcast uh, tumblers and you get uh, pre-sale tickets to one of our future audiences. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway, glad to have you guys here. Oh, and I, I just in case. Just in case you didn't know that it was Kanye West. I just wanted to, like, go one step further. I'm about to trigger half of our audience. Oh, Hiya. <laughs> Don't go anywhere. I'm sorry. <laughs> this is not an endorsement. <laughs> I am just in costume as Kanye West. He, he gets a lot of flack for being a Donald Trump supporter. So anyway, I won't leave it on for long. But this is from my friend JW. You know who you are. I told you to watch today just for you. I'm wearing this on the podcast. <laughs> that's an inside joke. But anyway... J.W., God bless you. All right, well, this week in history, before we get into the content today about Halloween, we're going to talk about Halloween. We're going to talk about Kanye's album, which I have been listening to like crazy. I love it. Um, but this week in history, we do this little segment on the, on the podcast regularly. This week in history, circa 1986. Not really sure about the year, circa 1986, but look at this guy. Ooh. That is yours truly. As a ninja? As a ninja, yep. That is the last
1: thing that person saw. <laughs> yep, that that's thing. right. Yeah, right that's before it. I knocked that's the it. camera
0: out of, their <laughs> out of their hands. Yeah, I was a ninja. I was a ninja from 1984 <laughs> to 1989 because nice. my mom was too cheap to buy me new costumes. Nice. <laughs> but I thank God my mom, you know, God bless her heart. Every, every Halloween she took us trick-or-treating. Thank you, Mom. I loved trick or treating,
3: even though you grew up Pentecostal.
0: Yep, even yeah. though, and the reason why I, she took me is because she grew up seriously legalistic Pentecostal. She's like, I'm not doing that to my kid. Yeah. He's going to he's going to school dances. He's going to Halloween trick or treating. He's doing all that stuff, and yeah. and so I thank God that she was she had to endure harsh legalism so that I didn't have to. <laughs> uh, maybe you remember from the early days audience of the podcast way back in our old studio this is <laughs> 2017 <laughs> we did a Halloween special back yep. then and look at the uh, outfit I have there is uh, Martin Luther oh, because on that 2017 episode was the literally the 500th anniversary of the uh-huh. Wittenberg door moment wow. yeah. the beginning the when stuff. he nailed the 95 thesis against the wall wow. started the Protestant Reformation is why we're all not Catholic today yeah. right there. 500 years ago, two years ago. Anyway, uh, that same day we were joined oh, in studio. Wow. <laughs> by, Wait, I call he, this, he in
3: a he's like or 80s. Or? No, yeah. No, there was Stranger
0: Things Shane. Oh, okay. Oh. Yep. Stranger, Stranger Shane Things Shane. So there you go. Hey, Shane. Stranger Things Shane. Bring back Stranger Things Shane. I think that he really liked that haircut, honestly. Mm.
3: Uh huh. Still wearing that wig today. So we have some pictures <laughs> of you
0: guys, actually, from the past. I, oh, yeah. Um, I asked you guys to dig these up for us. Deep. This is 1985, and I don't know, it's hard to see there, but your mom actually clipped this newspaper clipping yeah. of you.
3: yep. That's me as That's one curious, of the though. wise men.
0: She must have really loved you.
3: It was in the Sun Chronicle about 1985.
2: Not uh, much has changed, huh? Not,
3: not much. Well, the, the hair, <laughs> but... uh there you are, Still the cutest guy on stage. And just
0: in case you don't recognize that, Chris, we got 1995 <laughs> wow. poser, Chris.
3: That's Chris. Gorgeous. That's that's when my dreadlocks I'm trying to be goofy. Uh, not trying. <laughs> <laughs> Succeeding. Being
0: goofy. <laughs> and then, and then Isaiah, we got this. This is Rocky Balboa, nice. Apollo oh. Creed.
2: I won the costume contest. <laughs> yeah,
0: you yep. should have. That looks great. That's a good one. So there's Isaiah Hoyt in costume, and then. <laughs> You know, poor Noah, he didn't go trick-or-treating. I did not. Yeah. It was not allowed. You, when you mentioned dances. I never even had school dances.
1: Never ah. went to a school dance? No, they didn't believe in it.
0: Yeah. So, oh, so it was all that they stuff. They didn't exist. No, I did absolutely they, nothing. They, they did exist, believe they it or not. I, know. <laughs> yeah. it's crazy. I don't believe in them, no. I went to
1: them. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't believe until I saw it, you know.
0: Unfortunately, I went to them when Dirty Dancing had just come out, that nice. movie. Yep. And so every, all the kids were trying to dirty dance. That was a bad time. Oof. Not recommended. I'm glad my kids don't do that. <laughs> but i i went to those dances it was weird you just felt icky afterwards honestly <laughs> you know 12 year olds dirty dancing on the floor mm. anyway um, this is our friend noah over yes. here so noah i was a diy oh, jedi Rocking the luke skywalker pose love it or, or, or are you I anakin assume. I don't know. I think,
1: honestly, I was Qui Gon Jin. Qui Gon Jinn. Qui-Gon Jinn. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> yeah, I mean. Well, that would have
0: been earlier than the movie came out, though. So it must
1: have been. It could have been 1999. Oh, it could have been 2000. 99. I don't know. It's specifically ambiguous. So.
0: Well, you look good. Thank you. Yep. Not everybody can strike that pose at that age. No. Very, very well done. Um, okay, let's go into the deep end news. Okay, so the news this week, October 25th, 2019, the world has shifted dramatically in pop culture. Why? Well, because of the hoodie that I'm wearing, or the fake hoodie I'm wearing, and the album that dropped on October 25th this past week uh, by the legendary Kanye West, Jesus is King. So Jesus is King is his, I guess, his ninth studio album. Yeah, It is his first gospel album purely gospel-slash-Christian album that he has created. This, this is a man who used to sing about the most vile things that you can imagine. And now, uh, I guess it was in April, he says in, an, in a recent interview on YouTube, which you can look up, uh, that it was in April of this year that he really surrendered his life to Jesus Christ. Yeah. And I just want to say, Hallelujah. You know, you think, oh gosh, it's just, you know, it's publicity stunt, or is he a real Christian? A lot of people do this with celebrities, because sure. there's always a question. You know, I, I, I'm I not old enough to remember, but I do remember reading about and hearing about um, ooh, uh, Bob Dylan, Bob Dylan yeah. coming to Christ in the 70s, yep. and then writing a couple of Christian albums, evidently, and, and, and preaching about the fact that Jesus was coming back soon at his concerts. Oh, wow. Yeah, anyway, he ticked off so many people, he kind of went back the other way. Yeah. And then it was um, John Lennon in the 1970s as well mm-hmm. who went went through this kind of, they call it a Christian phase. He became a Christian for a short time. Anyway, Yoko Ono talked him out of that too. Right, right, right. <laughs> she talked about it a lot of things. But anyway, uh, yeah, he definitely departed from the faith. I think Bob Dylan is still a Christian, technically. I think he still identifies as a, as a born-again Christian. Okay. Kanye is the latest in a series of, I want to call them mega stars. Like there's stars, but this guy's a mega star. Yeah. You were talking about this Isaiah before yeah. when we were having a conversation. You yeah. put him in your what? Was that? You put him where in your in your yes. list so of
2: top five? Me and Noah actually having this conversation, close to the mic. Sorry, uh, we were having this conversation yesterday. I put him in my top five as probably like number two, to be honest, on all my all-time favorite artists. Artists, yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: So because I've never listened to him. Yeah. You know, I I, I heard of Jesus walks. Mm-hmm. Yep. Which is like he, that's a song from 2004. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he really, in that song, you know, I was reading an article on uh, First Things. If you ever go to a great Christian uh, resource, it's actually the Catholic resource, but it's called FirstThings.com. They have a great article on Kanye's conversion, and his, the title of the article is On the Freedom of a Christian Rapper. So they're they're talking about Jesus' walks as kind of like his pre-salvation um, kind of self-flagellation days. Mm-hmm. Because the lyrics of that song go like this. If I talk about God, my record won't get played well, if this takes away my sit my, if this take away from my spins, which will probably take away from my ends, then I hope this take away from my sins. In other words, I won't get as many record plays because I talk about Jesus. So hopefully it'll atone for my sins. Hmm. So kind of like that old Martin Luther phase where, yeah. where he was always going to confession, driving his confessor nuts because he just couldn't. You know, he couldn't obey. He couldn't be a good person. And actually, it's what led to his salvation. Is what led to the Protestant Reformation because he moved from constantly needing a confessor, constantly self-flagellation to atone for his sins to, oh gosh, no wait, there's a righteousness that's from God by grace through faith that the world can't give you, that even Christian practice can't give you. Yeah. And so then, then the article goes on and says, now he's singing these words. This is like salvation words. Quote, when I get to heaven's gates... I ain't going to peek over. He saved a wretch like me. Mm-hmm. Confidence. Like, I, I'm going straight into heaven. So it's a really cool article. On the, it's called On the Freedom of a Christian Rapper. His new life, old life, anyway. And then it ends with the fact that in this article, in this interview that's on um, YouTube with DJ Zane Lowe, DJ Zane Lowe and Kanye, uh, it says, Kanye's fans can be thankful that while he may be a new man, he is not an entirely different one. In a recent interview with DJ Zane Lowe, Kanye explained how God has been using him and managed to work in him in that he is, quote, this is Kanye's own words, unquestionably, undoubtedly, the greatest human artist of all time. (laughs) It's just not even a question anymore at this point. It's just fact. End quote, Kanye. (laughs) So one can only chuckle and note that grace is healing rather than destroying Kanye's nature (laughs) and I love that because no he's not he's not going to be like this totally sanctified Christian tomorrow or today wonderful like I mean and uh, have you guys been hearing uh him talk and share his story at all yeah I actually read an article that
3: said that he he stopped swearing already and that pornography was the hardest thing for him to get rid of but uh he's doing that he's put laid those things aside you know I'm sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say, when you can talk openly about those, that's when yeah. you really know God's working in you. No kidding. You know I mean, a lot of people just shove that stuff down. But when you say, hey, I have this problem or I've had this problem and God's working on that, that's when you know God's Especially grace.
2: Especially when you're on that stage, too. In front, front of so
3: thing. many people. Yeah, that's being vulnerable. That's yeah. good.
0: Yeah. yeah, and he talks about the fact that he had this the um, experience that so many young men have the early exposure to pornography when you were a child and it just emblazes on your mind and then it's just hooked into your life. Yeah. And he says that, yeah, like you just said, that's the thing that, in fact, even the, in the, in the um, interview with DJ Zane Lowe, he says, what's your addiction? He says, my addiction has always been sex. My addiction has always been sex. And now the Lord's li- literally freeing him from that addiction. Yeah. Praise Jesus. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, my favorite I got some some samples of this of the uh, no point. <laughs> you know G-G me Tim I'm a frustrated Haslam. artist, so <laughs> I got, you know,
2: Jesus is love
0: I mean that's just a beautiful song. the last song on the track, which is just 49 seconds long, but it's a beautiful on the album. beautiful track. And then this one.
2: Close on Sunday You my Chick--." This is my kid's favorite. Close on Sunday You my chick fil <laughs> I just love that.
0: Oh, that's Jesus Lord. It's just beautiful music.
3: So when are you going to start hearing uh, his music played in churches?
0: Oh, very soon. I already told our worship director that you've got to listen to the album and you've got to start putting it in for either special production or just opening a service or something like
3: that. That'd be really cool.
0: I love it. Anyway, a um, couple of things, like just some of the lyric examples, too. For all the skeptics out there, you got to listen to the album. I'm saying something that I would, I can't imagine myself saying this at any point ever in my, <laughs> before this week, which is, please buy this album for your kids. <laughs> please buy this Kanye West album for your kids and listen to it. Because, you know, one of the songs is called Selah. And he says, quote, they, stay the, they say the weak start on Monday, but the strong start on Sunday. End mm. quote. Love that uh in the song water he says quote jesus flow through us jesus heal us heal the bruises jesus clean the music jesus please use us jesus please help jesus please heal jesus please forgive jesus please reveal i mean it doesn't get anymore yeah and then you know in god is he says uh these are the lyrics king of kings lord of lords all the things he has in store from the rich to the poor all are welcome through the door you won't ever be the same when you call in jesus name listen to the words i'm saying jesus saved me now i'm saying and I know, I know God is the force that picked me up. I know Christ is the fountain that filled my cup, end quote. That's powerful.
3: That's good stuff.
0: Great stuff. Yeah. He's a true artist too, man. He is good. And I hate to say this because I know that we just had Christian artists on the uh, podcast last week, but, you know, he's kind of proved the adage that no secular artists are just more talented than Christian <laughs> artists, honestly. I think too, I think that there's a great skill there and uh, they're just, they make very good music. Good to have him on the team. Yeah.
3: Well, I lo- and I love the fact that God's taken like probably the most talented person in his generation. Yeah. And done a 180 in his life, and and now he's a Christian. Yeah. You
0: know, I was thinking about the fact that three months ago, what were we talking about in the church world, in the in the subculture of evangelicalism, if you will, the church, We were all distraught that Joshua Harris, the noted, you know, Christian author, yeah. pastor for seventeen some odd years, abandoning the faith. Yeah. You know, and then he's marching in a gay pride parade in Vancouver and Instagramming it and apologizing to the LGBTQ community. Yeah. Um, like that's the first thing that you do—you pay homage to the LGBTQ community as soon as you abandon the faith. And and there was a lot of there was a lot of uproar about his abandoning the faith. And then shortly after he abandoned the faith, I don't know if you guys saw the articles about Marty Sampson, who was a uh, uh, writer for Hillsong Music. Yeah. Yep. yep. Talking about the fact that he was losing his faith, and so you had these two. You know, you have to be in the evangelical subculture to know even what I'm talking about. But we had these two notable, young, talented men saying, I'm checking out on Christianity. That's three months ago, we were talking about that. Yeah. And today we're talking about, well, we got Kanye. And yeah, I, yeah, good trade. <laughs> I guess a great trade, in yeah. my opinion, two for one. But um, there are a couple of things that I'm really encouraged by is the conversations that are starting because of this album – with non-believers. This is actually starting to happen. And you got to go on Twitter and search the hashtag uh, of the album, Jesus is King. But I saw this Twitter. I saw this tweet yesterday from someone called Nudge to Freedom. I love this. I'm an atheist, but Kanye got me saying, I love God Wow. and it feels good. I can't be the only one. Hashtag Jesus is King. Wow. Come on now. That <laughs> Come is really on. awesome. Like somebody else Somebody else uh, tweeted, this is Priscilla. And uh, she says, Me after listening to Kanye's new album, <laughs> hashtag Jesus is King is a picture of uh, who is that? Netflix. Yep. You know, and, and then this is on Times Square, uh, the mega screen there on Times Square is, can we put that up on the screen? Is Jesus is King, the album art. So, I mean, it's just like awesome. Like, I think this is God using, yeah, you time. know, Kanye already. And everything that I have heard so far, him talking about his faith as a Christian pastor, and look, I've, I know theology. I know how you're supposed to talk about the faith. And everything that I've heard him say has been with such a graciousness and such a humility that, and, and also an accuracy on what it means to be a follower of Jesus. I am amazed. Yeah. So, and we were talking about mm. this, you know, that there's this. There were vestiges of a lot of Christian heritage in his life. Right, sure. He was raised in the church. Yeah. Um, for those of you who don't know, this is all over. You know, Wikipedia. His Wikipedia page. But his father was a Black Panther mm-hmm. who converted to Christ and then became a Christian counselor. Um. Anyway, I guess him and his father too have a tenuous past as well. You know, sure. divorced. You know, his parents were divorced when he was very young, and his father wasn't around much, but. There was that influence. And in the, he was dragged to church, I think, by his grandp- grandma, mm-hmm. And the church that he went to was, you know, he called it embarrassing, which I would call my church upbringing embarrassing yeah. as well. But the things that happened in those early days of church, for us, for people like me and him, and I think he and I are about the same age or maybe one or two years apart. And you, you would, well, you wouldn't know this. You didn't come from the church world. Right. But I know this because those church days back then in the 80s, 90s, It was embarrassing, but they did teach us the truth.
3: Right, right.
0: Like, and I mean by embarrassing, you know, Michael, remember this? He's our producer. The days of human video. (laughs) You remember human human video? Oh, Oh. (laughs) yeah. So was I. I was in human videos. They are embarrassing. Basically, it's the youth group would come up on stage in church and they would perform like these mime routines to Christian music. You remember, Noah?
1: I do. My church was very much about the puppets for the youth ministry. Yeah, and puppets. human videos. Yep. Oh, yeah.
0: So embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> I love the it. things that we used to do. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> the passion plays and um, all the weird stuff. Like, you know, you bring your friends to these things and you wonder why they don't want anything to do with Christianity <laughs> today. Um, but so he was talking about the fact that, you know, raised that way gave him the truth. So now that he's back, you know, you know, he's yeah. coming to Christ. It's all that all those seeds that were sown into him at a yeah. young age mm. are are sprouting. Why do I share this? Because you know, deep end audience, I'm sure there's people with kids you raised them in the faith, you raised them in the church, they're gone. They're lot la- they're left. La- they've left and you're thinking oh, all for naught. Not necessarily true. Right. They could come back and hopefully they will by God's grace. You know, I always pray and if you've got a prodigal, I'm always like pray that he's a prodigal and not an apostate in that, you know, there's two kinds of people who are denying Christ today, apostates. And I'm talking about people who have been in the church. So there's atheists or unbelievers, which are a third category. But then there's two categories of those who've been in the church and are no longer in the church. You're either an apostate, which is you. And I believe Joshua Harris is one where you have turned from Jesus and denounced him and renounced him. And Hebrews is pretty clear about that. There's no salvation for you. That's it. That's it.
3: The only unforgivable sin, right?
0: The only unforgivable sin. Well, yeah. I mean, it's technically, you can't be restored unto repentance, so we stop praying for those people. Yeah. Um, second is the prodigal. These, these are the people who you were raised in the faith. You never renounced Christianity, but you just ran from God. Hmm. You know, in the back of your mind, you know it's true, right. but you just want to be rebellious. You want to go spend your life on wild living. You want to do whatever you want to do, and you're just a prodigal. So I always say parents hopefully your kids are prodigal not a, not an apostate and I think a lot of cases that's the case. Mm. Um, and 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 this is hope for you. Like Kanye is hope for you. Pray yeah. for those kids. Yeah. Don't give up. And don't don't throw in the towel and think your raising them and bringing them to church all those years was wasted. Right. I, God does not waste anything.
2: If I can just like add to that if if God's going to use anybody as an example of that who better than Kanye with the past that he's had Yeah, in, in in like the you know in the spotlight social media and all the all the stuff that he's been accused of and all things that he's said and stuff like that so like who better to use yeah. you know as an example of like okay I I'm a gracious god I can bring anybody yeah. back to me than Kanye yeah. West you know all this all the um just stuff that he's done and said and you know stuff like that so it's just, yeah. I think it's pretty cool yeah, you're you know right. there's a lot of artists that you know if you know, God can use anybody, but if you if picked somebody else, it might not have had an, as much of an impact as like somebody like Kanye West, who's you're so well known and you're exactly you know? right, yeah, like so. a modern day Paul. Hopefully, we'll see. I think so. Right, right, yeah.
1: right. I mean, I just keep thinking of the verse of he who began a good work in you, right? will see it through. And mm. it's just to say to those prodigals that are out there that it's you know, God's still holding on to you, yeah. even if you don't realize it. And yeah. I think that's a beautiful thing to see Kanye say, I used to be a part of it, I walked away, and now I'm. God's got me again and yeah. I can see how you know crazy it is to be with him. So
0: Yeah. And it's just um yeah, it just should give you hope. It should give you hope and it should make you say, you know, the Lord is, you know, the Lord is good and the Lord is patient right. with people beyond our patience. Um I I wouldn't have tagged Kanye West in a thousand years to be a Christian. Sure. And now here he is. And and so thank God I am I I am certain that this is sincere you know but you know hopefully it is and it's, and he stays the course and i know that the tests are going to come now kanye sure. because now and so far i saw him on Jim, jimmy kimmel which he did a fantastic job on jimmy kimmel just talking about who he is and what's real about his christian life and the fact you know jimmy kimmel says so this is does this mean now you're going to be a christian artist christian music right. artist and he just kind of like humbly said this means i'm a christian everything it's, it's good. A beautiful response, right? Yeah, not, not arguing, not, you know, not trying to pose, just I'm a Christian, everything. Hmm. And then the fact that he said, um, you know, I'm in, G- I'm in service to Jesus. Oh, and one other thing that he said, which is I couldn't preach this better than he said it, and he said um, a lot of people talk about having a personal relationship with Jesus, and that's just a cop-out for I've got things that I don't want other Christians to point out in my life. Oh, yeah. I've heard you say stuff. Yeah, like I that say before, that too. Yeah. And I was like, wow, that's why I say this this guy is like more mature yeah. already in 3 months of Christianity than I than I would have imagined. But he's saying things with this humility and gracefulness that I think is going to make an impact. Mm, yeah. And well said, Kanye. It is not about personal I hate the term. I've got a personal relationship with Jesus which really oftentimes translates in practice to be don't mess with my christianity right. this is who i am this is what, and that's just worldliness with a christian stamp on it mm-hmm. god does not make a person he makes a people even in first peter chapter 2 verse 9 that famous passage of uh, you are a chosen nation you are a royal priesthood these are all plural terms and then he gets to that point where he says you were once a, you were once not a people now you are god's people plural terms mm-hmm. Okay, so you don't come to Christ as an individual. You are joined to the body of Christ. And that famous phrase from 1 Corinthians 12, when it talks about the body of Christ, the hand cannot say to the eye, I have no need of you. No, you can't say. As a Christian, you cannot. And listen to me, those of you who sit at home and watch Waters Church or watch a church at home and think that's my church. That's not church. That's you, We put that out there for people who are coming to Christ. We put that online for people, and we put this online for people to engage with the Christian faith. This, this should not be your church, like sitting at home on your couch. I thank you for watching, but you got to get out of the house and meet people in, in the flesh yeah. get, and have community. a church family. Yeah. I mean, unless you're disabled and unable to move, <laughs> which is sometimes the case, or you're on vacation and you want to connect with us. But it should not be, oh, that's my church," because what a, what a convenient way for you to not have anyone ever confront you about sure. Oh, you know what? This thing is really BS.. in your life, <laughs> you know, this over here, that thing that you're not repenting of. You need to change that. Well, I don't want that in my life, so I'll go and you know cordon, cordon off myself in, in my personal relationship.
3: Yeah. Hmm. Hide.
0: Anyway? Hope I didn't get too harsh on the deep end so early, but anyway, let's get into Halloween because this is the Halloween special um, of the podcast, and we want to talk about some things. Just to give you a frame of reference, Halloween spending is estimated this year to reach eight point eight billion dollars. Wow! So if you think wow. Halloween's going away, forget it. There's too much money. <laughs> yeah, it's getting bigger and bigger, right? Yeah, and there's too much money to be made by Target and Walmart yeah. and all those. Stores shoppers will spend an average of eighty nine dollars, or I'm sorry, eighty six dollars per person on Halloween this year. Twenty nine million people. <laughs> this is funny. Twenty nine million people planted, uh, dress their pets yes. up for Halloween. Yes. So here you go. There, we got that. an example of That's that great. on the screen.
3: <laughs> Not pet abuse.
0: What? What is that? A pizza.
1: No, it's, it's a Destroyer. It's a Star Wars Star Destroyer. Oh, get it, guys.
0: Chihuahua Star Star Destroyer. I mean, they're just as
1: dangerous. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so he can't bite your leg. Yeah. Oh, like that's a, a good corner, idea. It's a defense around, mechanism. Yeah. yeah, it's great. So this uh, this is our Halloween special, and many of you Christians might be saying, but isn't Halloween rooted in pagan ritual? You know, should we really as Christians? What should a Christian do with Halloween? Well, I'm here to tell you that Halloween is, yes, absolutely rooted in pagan, ancient pagan rituals just like every other holiday we celebrate Mm -hmm. in this country. um, In particular, I'm thinking of Christmas and Easter themselves are pagan-rooted holidays. Guys, I asked you guys to think about this, talk about it, to the extent of, you know, give us some background with Christmas and Easter.
3: Yeah, or Christmas and Easter. Or either one. Sure.
1: I mean, for Christmas alone, we had, you know, the traditional Norwegian people would bring in a log into their house and they would just celebrate that solstice time and they would put uh, the log on the fire, and they'd let it burn. And as long as the log burned, they would eat, which sounds awesome. But they would eat for, what, like 12 days or something? Something like that, 12 straight days of feasting. Who until are that these log people? The, the traditional Norwegians. Norwegian
0: god yeah. bless the Norwegians. Yeah, I know, it sounds great. <laughs> that's
3: before they started bringing in the trees mm-hmm. and, and the plants, and that was to worship Pan, the god mm-hmm. Pan. It was all about
1: And that's
0: Germanic. Isn't that Germanic? In, in, yeah, they, is, they're
1: like sister pagan rituals I guess, yeah. just to say that like when you bring in the tree into your house it's saying i'm allowing the the nature and the harvest to be a part of my life so i will become abundant just like yeah. that mm-hmm. to receive a blessing from mm-hmm. the
3: god that you're hoping to protect or be
1: a part mm-hmm.
2: of. And if you guys could c- kind of correct me where I'm wrong, but I, f- I, f- I remember I read an article also that, and I forget who it is. So if you remember, mm. there was a group of people that would celebrate Christmas 13 days after the 25th, because that's when they believe that Jesus was found in the manger. Hmm. Yeah, I, didn't I read, read that, article. that. I don't know. I, I read that. I, so I, I don't know. I, I, <laughs> well, isn't it true so that there's a
0: whole half of the Catholic church, I think that celebrates it on the 26th. I'm not sure oh, if that's, mm. cr- I'm not sure if I'm off there, but anyway, yeah, the, the Christmas tree is a 17th century German invention. Yeah. That, mm-hmm. It was basically to say we're bringing the greenery indoors to decorate for the winter because if you think about it, Germany and especially here in New England, the winter is pretty bleak outside. Mm-hmm. So let's bring in the greenery to spice up the house or <laughs> color up the house and remind ourselves that spring will come one, one day. The modern Santa Claus, we say, oh, that's because of some Christian saint in the 4th century, and it's true, but even before him... Uh, there were Father Christmases before it was called Christmas mm-hmm. in other European variations uh, of old pagan ideas about spirits who traveled the sky in the middle of winter and gave gifts. Mm-hmm. So these are pagan things, and, and don't miss this, <laughs> deep enders. Uh, these are pagan ideas that we have stamped a Christian um what do you want to call it, a a, 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 a facade over to say, let's take the pagan holiday, let's take the pagan practices, and let's just make him Christian. Now, some of you would say, oh, that sounds so terrible. And I would ask you, well, why? Hmm. Why does that sound terrible? Because here's the best part about the Christian faith, and you've got to get this. The Christian faith does not totally re-engineer you genetically from the ground up. When you become a Christian, it's the same you. Mm -hmm. It's just a new you. And by the way, not a totally new you, a renewing you. In other words, there's three facets to salvation. And, and, And many of us think about, well, I got saved. And the only way we talk about our salvation is, well, I got saved past tense. I got saved when I was 17. I got saved when I was five. Well, wait. Scripture actually has three tenses for salvation throughout the New Testament. Yeah. Sometimes it says, and you who have been saved, past tense. And then sometimes it says, and you who are being saved. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes it talks about, and you who will be saved. So future tense, past, present, and future. Salvation is we came to Christ or Christ actually saved us. And then we are now in the process of being saved. That's called sanctification. God is changing us, a.k.a. Kanye West, he's still going to—he even talked about on that Jimmy Kimmel interview. He swore. He said, oh, my Christian scorecard just got, (laughs) you know, a couple of demerits. But he understands it's a process, and we need to understand in our own lives it's a process, and then one day we will be saved. Nothing, nothing ticks me off more than Christians who have the audacity— to judge other Christians for where they are in the sanctification process.
1: I think that's part of the the issue is that people are seeing Kanye right now at his most popular version of being saved. But he, like you said, he started that process with Christ in April, you know? And so that could have been a longer process where he was slowly being, you know, accustomed to how Christ is in his life and... I think that a lot of people will just start judging because this is the big moment of yeah. the big reveal, if you will. you know. And so now the next couple of weeks are going to
3: be pretty tough, I'd say. Well, that's the scary part. People are going to watch him and some people are going to be hoping that he just messes up mm-hmm. and makes a fall. That's and right. And they're going to judge that and say it's not real. And it, like you're saying, it doesn't mean it's not real. It's just part of the sanctification part of the process. process. Mm-hmm.
0: So when, when we think about it now, if this is how God works with you as a person, doesn't it make perfect sense then that the church fathers, and this is really who did it, our church fathers, and I'm going to go over that with Halloween in just a moment, took pagan festivals and said, let's just Christianize them. Yeah. Let's, let's do with pagan festivals what Jesus is doing with our bodies, with our minds. San- sanctify them. <laughs> sanctify them. Yeah. Let's take what the pagans have invented because there's no place on earth where they have found, anthropologists will tell you, there's no group of people, no matter how remote or how separated from civilization that they are. They have never found a single group of people that did not have worship practices of some sort. Yeah, And and that being, you know, sometimes child sacrifice, sometimes sacrifice of others, some human sacrifice or sacrifice of animals or whatever. You know, it, you can go to some remote tribes, even in this country, <laughs> before white settlers came. And you can go to even the parts of Europe where there were people worshiping trees and, Cutting themselves and dancing around trees. Go back all the way to 1 Kings chapter 17. The prophets of Baal are cutting themselves to worship and call on Baal uh, to send fire from heaven. There's no, there's something in the human heart that God has established, that God has planted. It's resident, it's the resident image of God that resides in all of us that will not allow us to deny that there's something more than just what we see and feel and touch. And we have to express it in one way. If we're not Christian, we will express it in pagan revelry, you know, festivals, and habitual communal rituals. Now, you think about holidays. There's a, there's a wonderful benefit just um, communally to holidays because it gathers us together. Yeah. It tells us to stop working. You know, unfortunately, Thanksgiving is getting more and more hijacked every year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Poor kids have to go to Thanksgiving sometimes at 5 p.m. at night on Thanksgiving Day. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's this stop stop what you're doing and look at some people. Facet to holidays. Sure, There's um, ritual and routine. If you read the Old Testament, and I'm reading a lot of Jonathan Sachs right now, Rabbi Jonathan Sachs, he's talking about the most important verse in the Torah might be and it's a strange verse. It's the verse in Leviticus where it says, in the morning, offer the morning sacrifice, and in the evening, offer the evening sacrifice. And he says, that's probably the most important verse in the Torah. You're like, really? That's the most important verse? And he's like, the point is, is that it's saying routine. Create routines. And routines will draw you together as a people. Now think about it. You will see people on Christmas that you will never see any other time of year. Yeah, that's true. true. You will see people on Thanksgiving that you will never see any other time of year. And you thank God, and maybe you thank God, yeah, it's only one day of the year, yeah. <laughs> but it's still beneficial to your spirit to reconnect. So the Christians come along, and they don't abolish these things. They say, let's Christianize them, and let's make them Christian. So yeah, I know some of you, 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 you watch too much YouTube, okay? So you're going to say to me, you're going to say to me, well, I saw this YouTube video that talks about how Christmas is all pagan anyway. And, and so how dare we celebrate even that? And so you might be tempted to say, well, I'm just going to not celebrate Christmas. And I want to say, are you nuts? Are you? Cre- why, why would you do that to yourself? Sure. It's a wonderful tradition. It's going to bring family together. It's an opportunity to buy gifts for other people. And it's beautifully you, uh, you know, orchestrated. The decorations, the lights, all that stuff that's cool. And so what we are, what our church fathers did was they took these pagan festivals and they made them Christian for the sake of let's leverage what is good about these festivals and these routines, but let's put Christ in them. And now instead of sacrificing our children during winter solstice, we are buying them gifts. <laughs> <Right. Not laughs> Not A, A lot better. A lot better, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Which is, that's what Christianity has done for the world. We can do this with the calendar. We could do this with the names of uh, the week. We could do this with the... Uh, the, the um, uh, education, all things, everything that Christianity has touched in 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 true Christianity, it has made it better. Yeah. It has made it um, safer, happier, more joyous, on and on and on it goes. Governments that are founded on Judeo-Christian principles mm. by far, far, in a way, are more freedom-giving, tolerant. Um, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Not uh, dictatorial checks and balances, balance you know checks and balances against power abuses, all that stuff. And so you have to see that when it comes to Halloween, no, you are not being faithful by avoiding it. I think you're being, I think you're being foolish because at the end of the day, I have kids, and my one of my favorite nights of the year is uh, to take my son Jake, who is seven this year, out trick or treating. I love it.
3: What's it gonna be this year?
0: He, he wanted to be Marshmallow, Marshmallow, <laughs> yeah. Okay. So you know, far 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 and away from Kanye, <laughs> <You> know, Mar- <laughs> Marshmallow the D, the the DJ artist or yeah. EDM artist. Um, I don't even know how he got into Marshmallow, <laughs> but <laughs> he, he likes Marshmallow. So he's something else. I don't know what he is. We got this cost- costume, but we have church on Thursday. Water's Church has yeah. church on Thursday. But I want you guys just to. Tell us, tell the audience, those of you who come to Waters Church on the Deep End audience, don't miss this Thursday mm-hmm. if you're thinking about skipping because of Halloween. We got something planned for your kids, so go we ahead. We
2: got something planned for your kids, yeah, because we know the kids want to still go trick-or-treating, and we don't want that to be a reason why you don't come to church. So what we're going to do, we're going to have a little, you know, Halloween celebration for the kids here. Still going to go through service, still going to learn the Word of God, um, but after service, we're going to have a little celebration for the kids. It's going to be candy. They'll be dressed up in their costumes. So we're just kind of, you know, trying to make it fun for the kids and, you know, make it so, you don't, so they're not, you know, skipping out on church or even come to church to even to even celebrate it, you know, so. Yeah. 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 yeah.
1: You said it. That's
2: about yep.
0: it. Yep. So, so bring them. Don't miss it. Now, let me just give you a little bit of a brief history of Halloween, just in case I haven't convinced you yet. Halloween actually goes all the way back to 2080. And some people believe it actually goes back even further than that to like the Babylonian age. Mm. So the current name Halloween originates from the day before All Saints Day, which was called, so the day before that is called All Hallows' Eve, and there we, we shortened it to Halloween, and I don't know how all this language stuff works, but it works that way. Mm-hmm. And now All Hallows' Eve becomes Halloween. Evidently, in 20 AD, this is back to the um, Celts in Europe who occupied parts of Ireland, the United Kingdom, northern France. It was a pagan festival called... Samhain. Now, it's spelt S-A-M-H-A-I-N, but it's pronounced Samhain or Sowen. I don't know. That's like the furthest okay. pronunciation away from a word Samhain. I've ever seen. Anyway, it was celebrated more or less in honor of the dead, and it involved <laughs> offering large sacrifices of crops and animals, and the day marked the end of summer, the beginning or the end of harvest, and the beginning of the dark, cold winter, uh, a time of year when that was often associated with human death. You know, just think about you know, take away the Christian vestiges of our society, and you're just living up here in New England or in America, pretty much almost anywhere in, New- in America. The change of seasons, and you look at it, and you don't have any kind of frame of reference Christian wise or biblical wise. You gotta put some things truth behind this. Yeah, things are dying. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, what does this mean? Everything's dying. Oh, it must mean well. We die as people, so okay, let's talk about the dead. Right. You know, because that's evidently that's what the world's about right now. So, uh, and so that's what they did. They took, they looked at the seasons, and they said, okay, let's make a celebration because after all, it's too dark, and we're all not getting enough vitamin D, and we need a little bit of happiness around here. <laughs> <laughs> so um, they started this in about 20 AD, and uh, the night of October 31st, they started this Samhain festival, and it was believed in those days that the ghosts of the dead returned to the earth. And druids mm. uh, built large sacred bonfires. So if you're having one of those harvest parties, one of those Christian harvest parties, and they're going to have a bonfire, guess what? You're just taking that from Druid faith, yeah. which is not Christian either. So they would offer, uh, they would burn their crops and animals in the fires. And uh, during this celebration, the Celts would wear costumes, uh, typically consisting of animal heads and skins uh, because they didn't have the Power Rangers back then. Mm-mm. no <laughs> shame no. it's too bad they missed out <laughs> and uh, they attempted to tell each other uh, their fortunes so fast forward to AD 600 and our church fathers Pope uh, Boniface IV, creates all saints day he literally creates the day <laughs> yeah uh, to honor who the saints in the Catholic faith this is still the case they still honor dead saints and they call them saints now in the Protestant faith We say anyone born of God is a A saint. saint, But in the Catholic faith, the people who have died and have attained sainthood, such as Mother Teresa, I think they just sainted Pope John II a couple of years ago. Anyway, so they would celebrate their saints on November 1st. Okay, And here's what he did in 8600. Pope Boniface IV said, you guys got a day for the dead. We got a day for the dead. <laughs> and we kind of like our dead. And we, we respect our dead. Oh, you, like, you respect the dead, too? Hey, guess what? So do we. What's he trying to do there? He's trying to build a bridge to pagans. Average. Yeah. yeah. He's trying to say, we're not, we're not that different than you. What a beautiful way to not demonize other people, but rather to say, hey, we're just like you. Hey, let us tell you about Jesus. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, so fast forward to 1500. And this is big for us, people in our kind of church, which is 1517, 502 years ago, on October 31st, a guy by the name of Martin Luther, who was this very uh, anxious, ridden anxiety-ridden monk because he could not get his life right, like any person, Um, but yet he read the scriptures and he was just overwhelmed. And then during his study of the book of Galatians, he was writing a commentary. This is so funny because he's a theologian and he's a monk and he's writing a, a commentary Study and teaching a class I think it was on Galatians, and he suddenly realizes the gospel he suddenly is awakened to salvation is by grace through faith in Christ Jesus, and it is not of works mm. Ephesians, but he also finds galatians uh, his commentary on Galatians is still uh, widely read, but anyway uh changes his entire life, that he could be accepted before God not by his performance of confession and the sacraments, but rather by the gift of faith which was given to him by by God. Uh, So he's he's awakened to faith, and then he realizes that the Pope is doing some stuff. He's taking advantage of these religious practices. This is now 1,500, right? Right. So they're selling indulgences to fund St. Peter's Basilica, and build that that great structure that's still still standing today. Um, they're they're uh, they're really fleecing the people by the indulgences to get your your dead relative out of purgatory faster, mm. and that's really what was going on in the 1500s. And so he's this this German monk, and he can't take it anymore. And he's also denying the resacrifice of Christ to the Mass, the Eucharist. He's also, um, because of scripture, he's saying, wait a minute, Hebrews says once and for all sacrifice. Why are we resacrificing Christ every time we right. gather? Yeah. And then um, uh, the infallibility of the Pope and these, these kind of things that become foundations for Protestant faith. He writes 95 theses and nails them to the Wittenberg Castle door on October 31st, All Hallows Eve. And little does he know that that one act becomes the birth of the Protestant Reformation and literally transforms Europe. Yeah. And then ultimately leads to America because the people who came to America, settled from Europe to America, were Christians who wanted to flee religious persecution. Well, where did they get that idea? From Martin Luther and from his writings and John Calvin and the other reformers. And so you have this great Heri- this great Christian heritage on Halloween that <laughs> I don't think we're aware of we need to be reminded of it then fast forward to the 1900s and you get migrating Irish and Scots coming to America and they're bringing the Halloween traditions to the United States over time Halloween is uh, catapulted into main tr- mainstream culture and um, and then Walmart finds out about it and starts to sell costumes <laughs> yeah, really. three months early <laughs> and candy. Yeah. 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 three months early <laughs> and now it's uh, up here it's um, Savers mm. Selling all the costumes, mm-hmm. so don't be fooled, Christians. There's a lot of money to be made for Halloween, and those of you who think it's all about spirits and paganism, you don't understand capitalism. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's a lot of money in it. A lot of money. That's yeah. the that's the history. Hmm. You know, it's, it's 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 really powerful. Anyway, I you, you know that I got to bring it around. I'm going to bring it all around. We're going to close out in just a moment, and we're going to go to the Book of Acts because guess what? This has everything to do with the book of Acts, at least um, the first two chapters of the book of Acts. And I'm going to tell you why. Remember, we said this back at uh, episode three mm-hmm. of the podcast. Acts chapter two, verse one says, when the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place. Then verse five says, now there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven. And so what God does he takes this ritual festival, a.k.a. a Jewish, quote-unquote, Easter, right? Sure. To get all these cultural Jews into Jerusalem at the same time so that when He sends His Spirit on the apostles, the disciples in the upper room there, they are empowered to preach in tongues to all these different people who had traveled who were only in Jerusalem because of the ritual feast, the holiday. So how does this apply to us today? Here's how it applies to us today. Even in the progressively secularization of America, guess what? There are still cultural remnants of Christianity that are alive and well today, such as Christmas, Right. and Easter, and yes, Halloween. <laughs> and so if we can wake up to what God actually does on, in Acts chapter 2, which is, I mean, just the question is like, did all those pilgrims who traveled from all over the world, those Jewish pilgrims who were traveling all over the world come to Passover and Pentecost, Passover when Jesus was crucified, and then, and then Pentecost when Jesus, when the Holy Spirit falls on the church and the church is really born in Acts chapter 2, Do you think all of those people were true, genuine Jews at heart? There's no way they were. Many of them were in that city that day simply because the ritual brought them there. They were raised to do it. This is what grandma did. This is what grandpa always did. We got to do it. Why? Because we're Jewish. Does it mean anything? Well, not really. But you know what? We love it. It's fun. We're going to Jerusalem. Let's go. Come on, kids. Let's Let's get in the cart and let the donkey carry us there or pull us there. And I think about that God takes that festival that in many respects had lost for many of the Jews the, the faith element or the, devo- devout, the, the devotion element, and then God uses that festival to amplify the message of Christ to as many people as possible on that day of Pentecost. Yeah. And so I'm saying to the church today, don't be foolish to ignore the rhythms of American uh, festivals, so what we do at our church, we do trunk or treat on Halloween, around Halloween, because we want people to come to our church. Sure. And if we can get you to come to our church by giving your kid free candy, we will do it every day. <laughs> like it, the gospel message is so important for you to hear, we'll do anything short of sin to get you into the house so that you will hear it. Amen. We won't sin to do it, but we sure as heck will give them. A Twix. (laughs) Left or right. (laughs) I don't know, whichever one you want. And so we will absolutely have more services around Christmas Eve because a lot of of non-Christians who think they're Christians or what I would call culturally Christian people who have no relationship to Jesus, culturally Christian people, will come to our church on that day. And then Easter, we will blow it out. Why? Because culturally Christian people who don't know Christ yet will come to our church on that day. In other words, God will use holidays to save. How do I know? Acts chapter 2. God will use holidays to save people. Yeah. Acts chapter 2. And that's exactly what happens. Then they become this church and they're devoted to each other, the apostles teaching, and they're rooted in the ground of Christ. And then God starts to add daily those who are being saved. And it all starts how? Because of a holiday. And so I think don't forego Halloween. You know, you can have your own convictions, families, about whether or not you want your kids dressing up. And I'm not going to disparage whatever your conviction is there. You can have your convictions. I'll have my convictions. We can say potato, potato. Let's call the whole thing off, right? But when it comes to the church, let's just understand the history And then let's be engaged in using what we can to bring people to Jesus. Right, Mm -hmm. definitely. Because guess what? If God has chosen to use Kanye West (laughs) to bring conversations to Twitter and to DJs and to secularists and atheists all over this country right now and potentially the world right now, and God can use him, he can use Halloween, he can use Christmas, he he can use anything. And I don't know. I don't know what you're waiting for. I don't know what the church is waiting for. We need to use anything we can to bring people to Jesus. Mm -hmm. Period. Full stop. Mm -hmm. So that's the episode. Halloween special. Have yourself a wonderful day, whether you're trick-or-treating or or avoiding it. I don't know what you're going to do. But have yourself a wonderful day. And then make sure that you connect with us. Again, I can't emphasize this enough, youtube.com slash the deep end tv if you're not watching us there yet make sure that from now on you are watching us there head over there and subscribe and click the notification bell next to the subscribe button because we want to be moving all of our online audience to that location you see the other uh uh, social media accounts there facebook.com slash the deep end tv instagram.com slash the deep end tv twitter.com slash just deep end tv or deep end tv Check us out online as well. Thedeepend.tv is our website where you can get swag and follow us on our social media accounts and see past episodes. But other than that, I'm so glad that you joined us. Happy Halloween to you guys.
3: Thank you. you. Thanks you? for
0: being here. Drew, a great yeah, job. Thank enough. you so much. And I will see you very soon next week on The Deep End.
2: Thanks for joining us for this week's episode of The Deep End Podcast. We pray it helps you grow in your faith and
0: in your walk with Christ. If you don't already have a home church, we invite you to come out to one of our campuses this weekend. Check us out at waterschurch.org to find a location near you and a service time that fits your schedule. Make sure to stay tuned for next week's episode of The Deep End Podcast.